The Highlander Podcast is brought to you by Outdoor Product Design and Development, a four-year undergraduate degree focused on training the next generation of product creators for the sports and outdoor industries. Learn more at opdd.usu.edu. The Highlander Podcast is sponsored by the Utah Outdoor Association, a business association focused on elevating Utah's outdoor industry through educational programming and events. Their membership consists of Utah's outdoor manufacturers, retailers, outfitters, and guides. Member benefits include networking opportunities, recruitment of talent, and brand promotion. More information about volunteering and membership is available at utahoutdoor.org. On this episode of the Outdoor Update, we talk about the Utah Outdoor Summit, changes in outdoor participation, supply chain disruptions, and bike manufacturing in Utah. Welcome back, everyone. This is Chase joining you again with another outdoor update. I know it's been a couple couple months, actually, since we've done one of these, um, but wanted to jump back on with, with some news um, hitting us uh, here on April 1st. Let's get into it. So starting off, I uh, just wanted to touch on some news that came out a couple months ago, but thought it would be relevant to mention uh, the Utah Outdoor Summit uh, announcing the dates for their fall event here in Logan, Utah. Uh, this is an exciting one for us. Um, Utah Outdoor Summit coming to Utah State University. Um, we're really excited about this opportunity and looking forward to bring the Utah outdoor industry back together. It'll be interesting to see where we're at in the fall, but hopefully things continue to trend uh, the right direction. Um, I'm sure there'll be an in-person and virtual components, but um, September 22nd and 23rd here in Logan, uh, if you'd like more information about that event, utahoutdoorsummit.com slash Logan. Hopefully we'll see you there. Next, some fun uh, news for a, a Utah company, um, Cotopaxi, uh, of course, is a beloved company here in Utah. Um, had to touch on their recent collaboration with Hoka. Collaborations are fun, um, and we had to highlight the Hoka Cotopaxi collaboration. If you can get your hands on these, um, the Torrent Two um, collaboration that they just came out with, uh, unique Cotopaxi colorway. Um, with a unique um, 16 liter Deldia uh, Batak uh, pack as well, uh, Hoka and, and Cotopaxi edition. Um, looks like they're sold out on their website, uh, but you can still potentially get a pair at REI. But um, this feeds into that larger conversation of collaborations. We've seen a ton of collaborations um, on the streetwear um, fashion side of things. Um, major collaborations. I, I feel like we just still haven't seen that many on the outdoor side. I could be wrong. I'd love to hear um, some of your favorite um, outdoor collaborations, but I always love seeing these. It's fun to see uh, brands come together and support each other and do something new and different. Um, so excited to see those. If you want to see those, Cotopaxi.com, and it sounds like they're, they've got uh, the Torrent 2s at, at REI as well. Leaving Utah for a minute uh, to talk about uh, the Outdoor Industry Association's uh, new outdoor participant um, 
report, um, COVID and beyond uh, for 2021. It's a special report that they uh, they uh, worked with a research partner on um, to better understand um, the state of outdoor participation during COVID. Who who are the people that are participating? Are who are any new participants in in outdoor activities? Um, and a few really interesting key takeaways uh, that I think will be um, important for our students, uh, for others interested in the in the business. But um, a couple of the key takeaways um, that uh, new participants in the uh, in outdoor recreation appear to be um, female, younger, um, in urban areas, um, and. Uh, slightly more ethnically diverse than uh, existing participants in the outdoor industry. Um, interesting, um, really interesting to see this, um, you know, and whether that's the pandemic, pushing more people to participate in outdoor activities, traditionally outdoor activities that um, people haven't participated in in the past. Um, it'd be interesting to understand more, more, you know, what's motivating people to participate in outdoor activity. But, um, you know, a couple of the activities that have really um, taken off, uh, and uh, this should be no surprise to anyone, but uh, running, biking, hiking. Um, but one of the key activities that, that flies under the radar, and we just don't really talk about as an activity, and this is part of a larger issue, but walking being the, the biggest uh, growth opportunity, um, the activity that, that people participated in more than ever um and we saw new participants in in the walking space and you don't think about that as a, as a category necessarily but um but it really is and there's a huge opportunity there P more people walking than ever or needing to find some kind of escape or way to get out um and i, I thought this this was uh was key and and really interesting but this idea that um the activities that have lower barriers to entry are the, are the ones that have, have really taken off. So walking, running, biking, hiking, things that don't necessarily need a lot of equipment. Now you, you could go and spend a lot of money on, on, you know, shoes, bikes, all of that. But most of this can be done within 10 miles of the home. And that, that was one of the key figures here that I thought was really interesting is the, the trail starting at your front door. Um, and that, that this feeds into that larger conversation of, uh, what is the definition of outdoor? Who can participate in outdoor activities? Is outdoor just reserved to certain regions of the country? And traditionally, I think we we think about outdoor and we th think about certain activities. And I think there's an opportunity to really rethink rethink that and think about outdoor as a larger umbrella that takes in all kinds of activities. And and the importance is activity, right? Whether it's indoor, outdoor, um, hiking backpacking, climbing, walking, right? Um, there's, there's any number of activities that are accessible to, to more people that fall under this, this growing outdoor umbrella. Uh, really interesting report. You can check out the whole report um, in the link in uh, the description. Another interesting piece from the Outside Business Journal, uh, newly named, I guess we, we, we should talk about that too, Snooze, um, which has been Snooze really since the 80s when it started. Um, is now Outside Business Journal as a part of a larger rebranding effort um, as it's a part of uh, Outside. Um, outside Business Journal reported um, a little bit on the on the changing supply chain uh, for out and how that's affecting outdoor businesses. I mean, this has been top of mind with uh, the blockage in the Suez Canal. 
um, as well as larger supply chain issues with with COVID that have affected the entire world. Um, but really interesting story. Um, good takeaways from from different U.S. brands, um, including um, some thoughts from uh, from John Sears, from Gregory, on how they've been impacted with a lot of their packs being made overseas. Um, thoughts from from some from from U.S. businesses that that manufacture all their products. Um, here in the states, how they've been affected, um, and then I, I thought uh, some of the thoughts from from Eric Burbank uh, from Keen uh, was really interesting, where they have an existing factory um, to produce shoes, and how they've been able to lean on that um, is is really interesting as well. So, uh, no definitive, um, you know, this is how things are, this is how things are going to be, but I, I just thought these stories from different outdoor brands was was really helpful to, to think about. Uh, one of the quotes in here, and I'm paraphrasing, is, is this idea that um, some of these brands didn't rec- or think that they would be logistics companies and more and more, um, you know, with this changing world and, and there's a need to be adaptable and understand how how to move and change with, um, with you know, global changes that are happening and how to, how to adapt, um, when, when global events, uh, affect, affect your business, whether it's a pandemic or, um, boats blocking, uh, key waterways. Um, it's more and more businesses need, need to be, uh, logistics companies and, and think through all of those details and, and better understand how to, how to get their product from the factory to the shelves. One more local story um, of interest uh, from the Outside Business Journal again. Um, MV Composites, known for uh, making uh, carbon fiber bike rims, um, is now making frames, uh, which is interesting um, to see them go from just making certain components, um, the rims, um, uh, other parts, I know they, they make some other components as well, to now making uh, what they're calling their custom road. Um, so a road bike, uh, sounds like they've got a race version and then a you know a, more of a standard uh, road version. Um, but really interesting to see what uh, Jake Pantone um, and his team are doing over there um, and bringing more of that production in-house um, and uh, you know, slowly going from rims to to the whole bike, uh, and doing that in Utah. Um, I think between them and 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 Fizari, those they're they're probably two frame builders in in Utah. So interesting to see them jump into that space as well, which makes a lot of sense for them. Um, I can only imagine that'll lead to new job opportunities. Uh, hopefully for our students, for for others looking to get into this space. Um, which is it's you know this area of composites is is really interesting and there's a lot of uh, innovation that that first comes in through aerospace and then into the bike industry through the composites um, space and, and materials. So really interesting to see what they're doing um, here in northern Utah and and excited for for uh, what they're building and and what they're going to continue to do. It sounds like you can put uh, put a deposit down on to have have your bike made and there's some customization options you know with colors and features, but. A two hundred and fifty dollar deposit. It sounds like to at least get your uh, get your spot in line for for one of those future production slots. 
And to wrap up a little uh, little self promotion, um, we we have to feature our archive um, and a lot of the press that we've been receiving. A uh, couple couple pieces that might be interesting for listeners: uh, Hype Beast, Gear Patrol um, have recently done uh, features on on the Outdoor Recreation Archive, and we wanted to make sure to to highlight those and and link to those as well, so you can take a look. Um, as well as uh, Outsider Store over in the UK. Appreciate them and, and uh, the feature that they did. So um, again, a really interesting resource. Hopefully if people are being able to take advantage of that. And at the bare minimum, check out the Instagram account, Outdoor Rec Archive um, on Instagram. And with that, that's a, another wrap up um, for, for the last few weeks. Uh, again, hopefully uh, we'll be doing these a little more regularly. Um, I know things are picking up again in, in the outdoor space. Um, and it seems like there's always something happening um, in terms of outdoor news. So um, we'll be doing these again more regularly. Thanks again for listening. We'll, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening to the Highlander podcast. For more conversations with outdoor industry leaders and enthusiasts, subscribe and listen wherever podcasts are found or on opdd.usu.edu slash podcast.